Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hope, bit, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. I'm your host, Ryan Key, and I hope you leave that in the podcast because that's the first time in however many episodes that you've ever done that. Good to see you. I'm still hungover from Halloween. Don't judge me. That was embarrassing. Hey, (laughs) I'm Nick. (laughs) Good to be back. I'm not dealing with uh, my ex-girlfriend's cat peeing on my couch. That's a good place to be. I had to deal with that last week. (laughs) Last week, I was not here because I had someone coming over. As you guys were recording, the person was here cleaning my couches. So, sorry about that. Most obscure reasons to miss a pod. (laughs) Filed under. So, uh, when are you going to be done? I got to talk about uh, Star Wars, my friend. (laughs) And they peed on your rug. It's not even my cat. Your f***ing rug. Not even supposed to be here. It's not even my cat. That rug really tied the room together, did it not? (laughs) Mike, you just want to be on the podcast? Be on the podcast. It's up to you. Do you want me to punch in? <laughs> is, Mike, is Mike it. just on the show now? I mean, <laughs> he's here. I mean, you're, you're uh, always around. You're, you're know, hanging around. I mean, you could be it's a producer true. and chime in like every 120 seconds when we need some Dune input or just be on. Jamie, bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, okay, here I am. Uh, either way, it's Mike Forrester. Welcome back. Hey, I'm I'm here to talk about sandy planets. Hell yeah. <laughs> So we clickbaited you a little bit with this title, listeners. Did we, though? I mean, (laughs) you can say that George Lucas ripped off Dune, or you could say George Lucas was heavily inspired by Dune. Mm. I would agree wholeheartedly were it not for the spice. Yeah. That that's the one. That's and we'll get to it. And that's where it that's that's the hook, line, and sinker of like, I'm not even uh, it's like uh Nope, you know what? I'm not going to go there. Never mind. Forget. Just delete. Stop where Stop where I was about to talk. You know what I was about to say. It had to do with copyrights and things. And it's just. It was a different time. You could get away with stuff. You could get away with so many things. 100%. And also, of course, it's inspiration. And that's, it's great. I mean, that, you know, this isn't, we're not sitting here talking about how Star Wars sucks now because <laughs> those of us that, those of us that never read the Dune novels are hip to the story more now. And because the David Lynch movie is not very good. Sorry if you're a cult classic person, but do you know anybody who like who has always carried a flag for Dune? Because I know somebody. I don't. I, no, I don't know a personal okay. friend. Jack, Jack from Bayside. It's his favorite movie. And it's always been his favorite movie. Wow. So. The '84 one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. He he he's like it's terrible. I love it. You know, it's like that kind of <laughs> yeah, vibe. Yeah, but he yeah, really does it is. actually like it <laughs> because, because it is terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, I put it on for my wife and she hates me, but I love it. <laughs> I have a friend who is a hardcore Dune universe, Duneverse mm. of the books, though. And when we had kind of got into Star Wars, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty into Star Wars. And he's like, how into Star Wars are you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I, come on, man. I like know I know my stuff. He's like, well, Star Wars is is children's <laughs> fodder for what Dune is. 
And I went to the library after I saw the movie. I'm like, I want to read this. And I go to punch in my code. I support my local library. And I go to Dune. And there are literally novels upon novels of extra stories built in with this story. I was like, damn. It's Star Trek style. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. But in terms of people being like, oh, Star Wars, it's a big universe. People laugh and do. Okay. I think though, I, I think that the level of commitment you have to have to novels that were written in the 60s and, you know, a universe that expansive is commendable. And this diminishes my love of Star Wars in no way, at 0%. All that said, Adam, last week when you told me I saw the movie and the first thing I thought was, oh, this is Ryan's shit. Like this wrenching. You were also 0% wrong. 0%. I was like saucer eyed, childlike wonderment at going like, thank you for making this movie for me. You, you woke up and said, that kid from Florida, I'm going to spend a couple hundred million dollars and make you a movie. That's how I felt watching it. But even with that, with, with my life and, and my work and doing this with you guys, am I going to have the time to go read all these books? And no, right? So right. I, I don't think I'm going to get to the point of where I think Dune is, it, as a whole is like cooler than Star Wars because the universe is so expansive because I'm not going to be able to invest the time in my life to go explore that big, that giant universe. I, I will say though that for all the reasons I always talk about why Rogue One might be my favorite Star Wars movie, like that creeps up on me all the time. It's because of the reality that Rogue One is based in. Like mm-hmm. that, like sure. it feels so gritty and, totally, and yeah. real as if the Star Wars universe actually exists somewhere. Like it mm-hmm. feels like there's boots on the ground and it's real. This is that to the nth degree. You know, it feels like, yes, this is... This is humanity 8,000 years from now. We've reverted to this feudal system. We're watching it happen right in front of our eyes, literally right now as the richest people in the world try to colonize other planets. Like (laughs) that's what happens. And then one of them is the actual richest person who becomes the emperor and all the rest of them are great houses. We go back to that. Like this is like foresight. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so I love the reality of it and I love how gritty and, and, you know, dark this, this movie was, it was, it was so sick. To your point, though, of novels and and people being dedicated to it, I think we see that as well in Star Wars, where let's say they retcon one chapter of one book, and some of the hardcore fans get really upset about that, right? Because they're like, what? That invalidates this chapter of this book. And they, <laughs> yeah. I think that yep. there's a part of when people read books, they feel like they've done this you know they've done the extra credit they've read yeah, they have this their phd novel. in dune <laughs> right, right exactly exactly so I, I feel like people get upset about other people who didn't put in the extra legwork the time to read that and they get really defensive over that and so i think that explains a lot of it and i think especially in i posted a meme on armor party and it i guess it went viral mm. <laughs> and good for people, you Hey, I would actually, it's horrible to be honest, because every time I check in, people are still commenting and oh my God. in the comments, there's 800 <laughs> comments on it now. And I'm like, please stop. Sick. This <laughs> um, it's horrible. Yeah. 60,000 likes. I'm like, I have a thousand followers. Why did this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, That's crazy. So, so it's like, but people are like, could you imagine what the sequels could have been if they would have done that? But Ryan, as a guy who likes as to, to claim your point of Rogue One. 
Yeah. It wasn't a fun movie. I can't see kids. Yeah. We, we talk I about this all the time. Any, yeah. Yeah. 100%. I can't see kids 15 and under going to Target to be like, cool, I got the Baron Harkonnen. Awesome. <laughs> no, 100%. 100%. I got the, I got the webbish bog. Like, <laughs> no. Right. And and before we dive into all this, the last thing I'll say about what we're going to talk about tonight and the, to, you know, the clickbaity title, what, what Lucas did with this, like good on you, bro. Like yeah. he took this concept and made it accessible to the masses. And what, mm -hmm. as a storyteller, like what bigger dream could you have than, you know, like no storyteller, unless you were the first caveman or woman that scratched something on a cave millions of years ago, no storyteller is not telling a story inspired by one told before. And so Lucas only did what every other writer in history has ever done, but he took the elements of this that he thought were cool and said, you know what? I know how to make this something that my inner 10-year-old can mm -hmm. fall in love with. And he did it. And now here we are in our 40s still loving it. So he did something right. And I don't think that short of spice, any of this is plagiarism. Mm. But but spice, he should straight up have like he should go to trial. Like yeah. it, there should be a, a trial with a jury and lawyers. <laughs> like it's just it's the exact same. It's called spice. We'll get to I'll, it. Though. I'll, we'll get there. I'll we'll read get a there. great quote from Frank Herbert later about <laughs> trying not to sue. Cool. The what Lucas did is exactly what bands like us did in the early two thousands, where my band straight ripped off. Glassjaw and refused and saves the day and combined it all into a pop accessible thing. All of us did that shit. You know, you take things that aren't as easily digestible for the masses and you channel your inner fan of whatever your art is and you you remix it essentially. Everything is a remix. Like you said, there are no completely brand new ideas from whole cloth. There's no such thing. So it is what it is. I still love Star Wars. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? Gonna sidebar this sidebar. Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> trailer i was just like fully back in all, yeah. all things considered in the last two months between tour and everything else going on in my life like i've been distracted from star wars for sure and then i woke up yesterday with book of boba fett like trailer and i was just like oh i'm back in i can't i cannot wait to get into that universe again yes i cannot wait it looks so cool i'm gonna make the Ithorian an offer <laughs> i cannot refuse <laughs> <laughs> all right well we can actually do a little stolen plans here so let's do that what have you done with those plans? I should warn listeners right now, we're about to get into heavy Dune spoilers, not just from the movie, but from the books that followed the original stories that have yet to be told in the film, because it was only part one of two parts. So if you're at all concerned about spoilers, this is probably not the podcast episode for you. Here we go. So we're talking about Dune, a series of books that began to be published in the 60s, but this is a direct response to a 2021 film directed by Denis Villeneuve. The original, the first book, was published in 1965, written by Frank Herbert. There were 15 books in all, not all written by Frank. His son writes a lot of them, right? That's yes. right, correct. But there are three main books. That's the consensus. The, you know, the three that matter the most, essentially, are Dune in 1965, Dune Messiah in 1969, 
and Children of Dune in 76. Dune Strikes Back, <laughs> Return of the Dune. Attack of the Dunes. <laughs> Since when does grandma go to the dunes? Uh, that, that one came out in the 90s. My personal favorite, The Last Dune. The Last Dune, the Dune, Dune the DeLorean. DeLorean. Yeah. <laughs> the Book of Dune DeFet. Nice. I'm not Jeffrey Lebowski. I'm the Dune, and that's what you call me. <laughs> the Dune. El Dunarino. <laughs> if you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> All right, so Lucas. We should start a podcast. <laughs> You should. This is good. This it is might, started it off. might get popular. Are you recording this? Twice in a week, by the way. Sidebar, the sidebar, sidebar. Twice in a week, I've had run into different people that have said, dude, I have a family member, like a, a cousin or a, whatever, an uncle, whatever. They were like, hey, you got to check out this podcast. It's the best Star Wars podcast there is. And and the, my friends I ran into were like, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's my buddy. He hosts that show. And they're like, what? Oh, yeah, like just total random Star Wars fans. Like, we're, nice. We're not endangering the mission. We should have come. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas started writing Star Wars in the early 70s. First official draft was in 74. So clearly this was on his mind. He had just mm -hmm. read this shit, right? There was a 1984 film adaptation directed by David Lynch, which most people consider garbage. Straight trash. That's weird. But it is one of those big time David Lynch cult classic films. I mean, right. it's worshipped. Sure. And so. there's a hell of a cast. Like for the, the cast that's in the thing, it's just, it's even funnier that it was such a bomb. Sting was in it. I know that yeah, much. I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> and then we have this 2021 uh, film directed by the same dude who brought us Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival. So, I mean... Like a genius. The scene in Dune where where Leto, the, the Duke, is like coming out of his bedchamber to like see what's going on. And the housekeeper is lying over in the corner moaning and he's like coming down those stairs. If you hadn't told me it was the same director, I would have been like, this is the guy who directed Blade Runner. You know what I mean? It was just so, <laughs> yeah. it was so his like stamp of what a shot looks like in one of his movies. The, dude, the, the composition and like the sense of scale in it <laughs> Dude, it's scale, unreal. Dude. Like ships. really, like everything is so big and it's, yeah. it's so noticeable. It's so cool. Yeah. And there, there's never a question of how big something is. Like mm. it's just all composed so well that you go, oh, whoa. <laughs> like every, every other shot. All right. Since uh, this is basically one long extended certain point of view, I'm going to play this now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A certain point of view. Many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. So the similarities are many. They're numerous. <laughs> they're <laughs> endless. <laughs> but let's start with the big ones. It's all a coincidence, right? Yeah, totally, <laughs> total coincidence. The idea of an empire, an imperium, again, not a new idea, but it's central to this whole thing. Both ruled by emperors, the Sardaukar, our elite military troops, they're very much like the stormtroopers of the Dune universe. They're much more skilled, clearly. Way more effective, absolutely. But uh, they're, they're in sort of light-colored suits. They have helmets that are, to my eyes, very much like the 
more like the Ralph McQuarrie kind of concept art, especially given the fact that they all have swords. So you think about Lucas's early days, his early ideas that everyone in the universe would have a lightsaber. I mean, is that just me? I mean, I know this is the film adaptation. I don't know how well it's described in the book, but those helmets, that whole look, yeah. that, that seems like Lucas said, hey, read this and then draw me something kind of like this, Ralph. Well, Mike, being a, a reader of the book, have you, I mean, how far are you into that process? I'm definitely not far enough into it where I'm... So you don't know if they actually in the book have hundreds of human beings hanging upside down, running their blood into troughs for the soldiers to drink before they go into battle. You don't know if that's in the book or not? <laughs> no, we're, we're not. No, we're not there yet. Well, that was, they managed to fit that into a PG-13 <laughs> film and I want to high five them for that. But also again, like here we are, Adam going, oh yeah, Ryan, by the way, they made, they made this movie for you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching this, this priest going like, blah, blah, praying for you while you drink the blood of innocent civilians that we murdered. And there's people scooping the blood out of the traps. Like, dude, it was, yeah, it's, it's so badass. And yeah, they're certainly more efficient than stormtroopers, as we say. <laughs> Better aim, if nothing yeah. else. More focused. Maybe hyper focus. Yeah. I definitely agree with you, Adam, like with the Macquarie thing. And it, it's from this like point of what does the future look like to somebody in 1960 or 1970? You know, and it exactly. has this simplicity because you don't have like decades upon decades of actual technology to be like, no, this is what it would actually wind up with. Mm -hmm. Like you have this like 1960s, 1970s futuristic view of what things should be. Same thing with Star Trek. You're like, I don't know, yeah. it's just simple, you know, because there's so many things that hadn't been invented yet, like a touchscreen basically or something, you know, <laughs> right. it's like, so like, yeah. what does the future look like? And it winds up being this really cool, simple thing. And that's what Star Wars still leans into and why the sequels felt more visually like the original trilogy as opposed to the prequels. And mm -hmm. I don't know, it's, it's definitely a very cool vibe that we all just in a nostalgic sense, like connect with. I figured we might get into this at some point tonight, but let's talk for just a second about reverse engineering because we don't know. I, again, Mike, you're reading the books. You might not mm -hmm. have gotten to the Sardaukar yet, but however they describe those helmets, I mean, can it be as descriptive as what we just saw on screen? You're clearly seeing the reference, you know, to the Macquarie concept art. Like, I think the second time I watched Dune, which I've, I've watched it twice now, and I'm probably going to watch it five times by the end of this week. How much of this is now reverse engineering of Dune ripping off Star Wars? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Go, like going into some cool references and uh, and concept art that we have now from Star Wars and things. And how much? How much like concept art inception and interpretation? Yeah. How much? How much here? script is directly from the novel and how much of it? Because there's lines in the movie and look, this could. This is, I don't know, its own podcast of like dissecting the script and the book and whatever, maybe. But like, because there's lines where I'm like, there's no way. There's no way that that line's in the book because <laughs> too old to begin the training. There's no way that that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. so did they take it from one or the other? I, I You know, I'd have to do some, do some serious research to figure out, you know, that level of minutia for it. But I don't know. I think if if you're seeing, you know, Macquarie concept art vibes, I, I, I doubt that it's described the way Macquarie drew them in the book. Like I bet I, they were, you know, who knows what they were digging through to make the movie right now, but it certainly doesn't look like the 84 film, you know? <laughs> well, right. And 
the Sardaukar in Lynch's version are actually all black and they look like they have these like welding masks on, which is really kind of funny. They actually look anything but intimidating, I guess, which is funny because they're revered as like this, like basically ultimate warrior class mm-hmm. among the, the Duneverse. Uh, and then and then you have the Sardaukar in the new version, which are all white and they've got this, mm-hmm. you know, of course, that like almost Bane-ish, you know, breathing yeah. respirator. And they're all incredibly vicious. Face tattoos. They're just Vikings yeah, sacrificing yeah, humans. Super cool. Dogs and cats living together. <laughs> <laughs> but we're also in a weird spot, too, because there's no way that Denis was not inspired by Star Wars. as, it, as right. uh, That's, you know that's what I mean? my so, point. So, yeah, exactly. Like we're, we're at you a talk very... words better than I do, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's interesting just seeing concept art. And to Nick's point, you know, there were artists like Sid Mead and people who were essentially futurists. Uh, Macquarie was one of those people. Imagine what the future is like. And in some ways they couldn't picture it. And in other ways, authors like Frank Herbert were like, I'm just going to come up with some crazy idea and write it down. And then the illustrators went, let's draw what this would look like. Last thing on this Empire Imperium point, both stories ultimately are about taking down the Empire, the fall of the Empire, the rising um, resistance, a chosen one, stuff like that, which we'll get to in more detail later. But again, not new ideas. These are the oldest archetypes of all time. Yeah. Moving on, let's talk about Tatooine and Arrakis. This is the most, especially now that we have this visualized, the most glaring, giant, just, oh, you don't say, George, a, a desert planet. You don't I still, say. I think the next topic is is even more, but carry yeah. on. Carry on. Well, th- that will be an extension <laughs> of this both, one. They're both really like, wow, okay. Yeah. So Tatooine, a sand planet. Arrakis, a sand planet. Central to the story, the beginning of the story, at least, uh, for Star Wars. The idea of moisture evaporators in Star Wars, dew collectors in Dune, because moisture is so hard to come by. It's a desert, obviously. They have entire industries, entire like entrenched technologies and methods to survive in this harsh environment. You've also got giant monsters like the Sarlacc and the Krayt Dragon on Tatooine in Star Wars and the Sandworms, the Shai Hulud, in Dune. It's been said for a long time that the Sarlacc was a direct ripoff of the Sandworm, even though it's a different type of thing. If you see like the cross-section of a, of a Sarlacc, in a Star Wars book, it's like a, it looks like a root. Yeah. It, it lives in one place. Yeah. Kind of. It just, it's like gr- it grows into its space yeah. that you just can't go anywhere near. But the mouth is undeniable with all mm. the teeth. Yeah. And I'm very, sure the teeth are similar. described that way in the book. Yeah. I'm sure they and are. And I mean, every, you look at all the old, the illustrations that were on the different, you know, the different paperback versions and things like that. It's all that. It's all the teeth. Just the one big mouth thing. I mean, obviously, the, the 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 Freeman in Dune are much more integral to the story, but Freeman and Sand People, like yeah, you know the native the native people who can live out there and live off the land and all that. It's misunderstood by outsiders, hostile to outsiders. Okay, George. And there's but there's an example of how Dune continues to influence Star Wars with the more recent stuff in Mando mm. being the Great yeah. Dragon. Totally. Mm-hmm. Moving through the sand in the exact same way. Yep. The the sand people being more a, more a culture that that's more nuanced that we've come to understand more now. Now I wonder if you know when we watch the kind of behind the scenes how they thought the crate dragon moved. It's 
exactly the same as the as Shai Hulud. And it's like Exactly. Is did they describe that in Dune? Like in the book? Is it described that it moves through sand by with like vibrations and like because it's exactly the same thing. And yeah. the way it was explained in the like gallery episode made it sound like they're like how would it move what if it uh, vibrated and uh, you know it's like exactly the same thing they made it sound like they came up with that concept so i'm wondering if they did or not it's very interesting i would guess that either they knew it and they just figured like okay well everything about this style of star wars is already borrowed from dune what's it gonna hurt to just do it again i have a much bigger question why are we not sitting here talking about star wars is great I get it. Like, yeah, let's have a podcast about Star Wars. But if we're going to talk about something ripping off Dune, where does Ron Underwood in the 1990 Kevin Bacon film Tremors come into this conversation? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The mouth is like exactly the same. By the way, little known fact, little known fact, kudos to you, Mr. Underwood and Mr. Bacon. (laughs) Tremors is 86% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. What? Did you know that? 86% 86% certified with four, it's 44 reviews because it's an older movie. So, the, you know, Interesting. The, the committed reviews they got later because it's an older film. A lot of the 90s films are like that, but 86%. Anyways, don't you can't stand there because the sandworm is going to get you. Yeah. Did you ever read this book this one time? Yeah. They don't ex- describe exactly how the process is, but I agree, Nick. Whatever the, and I don't know who exactly was the, I don't know if it was what I can I picture him. I don't remember. The name, yeah, though. the special effects are, but I think that there's definitely, and especially in in the more recent Dune, it almost the the sand like liquefies it yeah. before they fall into the mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that there is definitely there there aren't that many particle VFX houses out there who specialize yeah. in in large creature uh, that kind of stuff. So I'm sure that there were some conversations among people who are in that industry that's like hey we're working on this crate dragon oh cool we're working on the shakalud what are you planning on doing <laughs> the giant thing move through there i could see i could see it you know i could totally i could totally see it but i think both of them the way that we see them now versus of course the lynch movie is almost like hilarious like it pops out as a miniature sand <laughs> fans and then you never really see them moving in a way that you're like oh it's green that's 1984 green screen beautiful right. So I thought they looked awesome in Mandalorian. I thought they looked awesome in Dune. Last thing before we really move on to the next big one, the sand crawlers in Star Wars, the ones that the Jawas drive, they are, quote, leftover from a forgotten mining era long ago. In Dune, they have sand crawlers that are used to mine <laughs> something you may have heard of before. It's called spice. <laughs> mm. It's carried on really? to be like one of the most integral parts of modern day star wars lore (laughs) really george so let's talk about spice it was only briefly mentioned in a new hope right uh 3po's line about the spice mines of kessel smashed into who knows what which was probably the point that was the point was right here's a little nod you know yeah like you said when you're making a record there's a difference between like a nod and someone in the room being like, dude, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, play Mr. Yeah. Brightside right now. You can't, <laughs> you can't put that in the song, dude. Like that's, you need that person around to say, you know, cause sometimes they're like, this sounds like so-and-so and it's so cool. And someone's like, yeah, because it is so-and-so Yeah, yeah. and they are cool. So 
Yeah. I think I'm just saying, I think that's probably where spice started. It was like, this will be funny. I'll throw spice in there. Well, and then George ran with it a little bit. And then everyone else who was involved in writing Star Wars really ran with it. And it became a big thing. And then when it came to the Clone Wars, Lucas was like, it (laughs) pretty much (laughs) and just went all in on the spice thing. I mean, it's all over Clone Wars. Yeah. Like it's all over uh, the Bad Batch. Like it's everywhere. It's, it's in, so here are the, the different takes on it. So in Dune, it's mined mainly on Arrakis, right? Or are there other planets where they can get it? Arrakis is the most concentrated. I believe it's exclusive. Okay. Yeah, I think that's like the whole thing why this this is such a point of contention in the galaxy right. or in the, in the Imperium is that right. this planet is where you get it. So it's it's used as a drug like it is in Star Wars, but it's also for interstellar travel. And clarify here, dudes who've put in more time, I got the impression that it was kind of used as, as like a power source, but I've read more that it's about helping see slightly into the future to make the high speed, you know, faster than light travel easier to navigate. Is there a power source element to it as well? No, I believe that it is a almost like a foresight or knowledge that helps you able to navigate. I believe we're going to let our patrons also Wheeler just drop in on this. Uh, who also says that uh, spices is, is exclusive to Arrakis. Um, oh, word. Now, not to go too far off. But but more Star Wars. There is a set in the High Republic. Uh, there is a character that has what's called the paths in the High Republic, and it allows ships to basically jump hyperspace lanes. Uh, and they're called the paths, and only certain people know about them. Kind of spicy. I got the vibe so, <laughs> in the in the film, and having not read the books, preface everything I say in this episode of the podcast, not read, not having read the Dune books, but I got the vibe. And again, I don't know how if you've gotten far enough to have a reference for this yet, Mike, but is it something that people like get and like buy a bag off their dealer for drugs or is it something that like because remember the scene where uh, the physician comes in to check on Paul after the whole sandworm, the Shai Halud almost getting them uh, when they went out to see the spice fields and he says, "You, you must be sensitive like he's a coffee. Is it something where like, is it something where like you buy it and do it as a drug or is it something where like as a human, if you're standing in a, in the field and you're not wearing the proper ventilation and it, it's a, it's a psychotropic thing. It's like a, you know, it, it, it affects you, but it's not something that you like do as a drug. I, I, I don't know. Cause they just said it's psychoactive. That's all they really said in the film uh, from what I could gather. So it's like, seemed like he was more sensitive to it than others, you know? Whether he's, you yeah. know, Anakin Skywalker or Neo or whichever one of these things that ripped off Dune we want to talk about. <laughs> so it's not like fuel that goes in the ship. You, you, you take it and you're a navigator. No. So it's, it's basically the, um, it alters your mind. What they say is like it, it unlocks parts, dormant parts of your brain. So it's kind of this like idea to be able to have foresight and, and knowledge and memory. And then it's supposed to increase your life capacity. And it's obviously like basically exposed to, uh, it's almost like a narcotic, right? So like you get addicted to it. Um, and, and I'm sure that the difference of say, if you're trying peyote for the first time, or if that's been a ceremonial part of your life where it affects you over time much differently. Um, and also you're not using it to be like, Whoa, I'm getting high. It's like you use it for a different purpose. So I think there was definitely a lot of reference from that. I'm sure in the original novel. Um, but it, it, I mean, the fact that it made the the house Harkonnen 
so rich clearly yeah. shows that they're clearly selling it right they're, right, they're right, selling right. it to different other worlds so yeah well a lot of that sounds a little forcey to me <laughs> <laughs> but one last thing about the idea of of this rare thing being central to a special power a mystical power I'm thinking kyber crystals here yeah. being yeah. the power source for weapons like the Death Star, but also the power source, more importantly, for lightsabers and something that a Jedi has to find on their own. They have to sort of commune with it in a way. They then have to assemble their own lightsaber. There's just, there are a lot of themes that are very compatible. They're very remixy of one another. All right, let's move on. Um, slug creatures. In Star Wars, we've got the huts. We've got Jabba a gangster crime lord who sits on a dais, which is like a throne, you know, his, his thing that he sits in front of the, the trap door or whatever, right? In Dune, this is not in the movie. This is in one of the later books. The son of Paul, which is a hilarious name for a, a sci-fi hero, by the way, Paul. I was thinking about that I think earlier. It's, I think it's biblical. I think it's Saul turned to it, Paul. Is it any more crazy? I was thinking about it because I think it's funny and I think there's another funny name too, but are any of them more funny than like Luke isn't a, sci-fi name either you know yeah, yeah but i don't know paul just it's in a category with like gary and like todd <laughs> to me like it's just uh, yeah but I, less I, cool. I think there's something there with like if we're talking about comparisons between <laughs> dune and star wars paul and luke are both very biblical names mm. and so mm-hmm. if yeah. paul is the chosen one in dune and we're gonna yeah uh, you know like it's crazy yeah. man but i'll give lucas a pass on that really, because george luke luke is a nickname for lucas okay so i'll give him that gotcha. yeah. but what i i what i laughed at and i had to like check myself because that's what i do i'm like this dude's name is duncan idaho <laughs> and i was just laughing i'm like duncan idaho and then i'm like mm, han solo luke skywalker <laughs> sure, sure. i'm like okay shut the up nick yeah <laughs> <laughs> But I, I agree with you, Adam. It's like, you know, his dad's name is Leto Atreides. You're like, God, yeah. that's just awesome, right? And then so it's like, awesome. Here's my kid, Paul. Uh, yeah. Oh, all right. And Jessica, Lady, Lady, Lady Jessica. Leto, dude, Leto or Leto Atreides is the coolest <laughs> name ever written yes. in sci-fi. <laughs> I'm naming my kid that. So then am, am I understanding this right? That Paul's son, he names after Leto? The second? Am I understanding this right? I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. Well, Leto would be his father, so yeah, his kid would be the second. Yeah, and this is in one of one of the later books. Apparently, in one of the three, slowly transforms into a sandworm-like creature who becomes what? the king and sits on a dais like Jabba. How does he transform into it? I have no idea. Too much spice. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's yeah, maybe be, part two is going to blow your mind. <laughs> I guess I need to start reading these books. That's what really needs to happen. Moving on, the lightsaber and the Chris knife, a little different yeah. in terms of like the type of weapon, you know, like a shorter blade versus a, a saber, like a katana length kind of thing. But still, the, the sort of like a, a sacred blade, sacred ritualistic kind of elegant weapon. It's, it's hard to ignore that similarity. In Star Wars, I talked about this earlier, finding and earning your own kyber crystal, assembling your own lightsaber, it's very much a part of how you earn the thing and how you deserve to wield it. And in Dune, the Chris knife is made from the tooth of a sandworm. And in, in Fremen culture, riding a sandworm or extracting a tooth is a rite of passage, just like pulling a pearl from a, a crate dragon. A lot of crossover there. Here's one that again is from one of the later books that we didn't see in this. 
Princess Leia in Star Wars <laughs> sounds a lot like Princess Aleia in Dune. In Star Wars, it's, of Do, course, it's it? Luke's sister. Does it? Huh. They share a connection through the Force. In Dune, it's the sister of Paul. They share a spiritual and psychic connection. So I wasn't wrong that she's carrying a girl, Jessica. Yes. Right. Yes. There you go. While we're on the family thing, an evil villain lineage reveal, obviously, Darth Vader being the father of Luke and Leia in Star Wars. In Dune, turns out Paul and Alea's grandfather is the Baron. Whoa. Baron Harkonnen. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Mm. Yeah. That's wild. So I don't know how that's going to unfold, but you, you definitely get the vibes like um, his mother. It's like she's just, she was just a, a vessel, right, for Paul's birth. And I can't remember exactly the, like the conversation with... Oscar Isaac, what the, what he, well, well in the book, uh, I, I found this out through texting someone else. Cause I've been going nuts over this movie for the last 48 hours, but, um, he had many in the books. He has like many concubines and just mm. Jessica was just one of them. And that's why he, in the film, he said, I should have married you. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Out of all of his many women, you know, it's like, like any medieval power struggle of like there, you know, the King doesn't have a son by the queen, but he has a son by this other woman and so the the yeah normal bloodline the daughter right? of the king and queen has to fight for the seat on the throne because technically he does have a male heir even though it's out of wedlock and all that like same kind of rad medieval shit going on here so sounds game of thronesy yeah yeah again classic tropes and, well, and archetypes well england circa like 1550 just was game of thrones so <laughs> with minus the dragons <laughs> right. magic yeah. so that's yeah, a good point. Good point. <laughs> Here's a big one. Early, we've, we talked about this in the, I guess, Star Wars What If original trilogy episode a while ago. The Jedi Bendu <laughs> is what Lucas was originally planning on calling the Jedi. Come on. <laughs> sounds a lot like Prana Bindu <laughs> in Dune. Yeah. Sounds a lot. Sounds really similar. Well, we know why Bendu got dropped now. Somebody yeah. in the studio was like, bro, that just is the riff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Lucas came back with that vanilla eyes quote. No, but mine goes ding, 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 ding. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. That's the way theirs goes. Ours goes ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. That little bitty change. It's not the same. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's different, see? Totally different. So whatever you say, Vanilla Ice. Yeah, whatever you say, Robbie Van Winkle. Robert Van Winkle. Robert Matthew Van Winkle. <laughs> Paul. His name is Paul. <laughs> His name is Robert Paulson. So Prana Bindu is a method of training that leads to the complete control of one's nerves and muscles, which obviously helps in combat. It's a major principle of the Bene Gesserit, Paul's mother's um, sect of uh, religious Jedi type folks. They're almost like, I get the vibe from the film again, having not read the books, a lot of disclaimers here tonight. I get the vibe that they're almost like a race, you know? Yeah, like a bloodline. They're born yeah. with this power. It's not something, it is something that you can be taught, but if you weren't born with it, you don't have it. Like, right, you have to sure. develop it. It's yeah. the, the, the Bene Gesserit is not like, you can be a member if you pay your dues and show up for the meetings. It's like you are born a Bene Gesserit as a, as a race. Like it's... Your, your your bloodline, as you say. It's almost like either you have the midichlorians or you don't. Oh. <laughs> the midichlorians are stored in the balls, Anakin. <laughs> it, it, it is almost like that. It's fascinating that you say that. And we see an example of this uh, Prana Bindu thing 
in Paul's test where he has to put his hand in the, the torture box or whatever the thing's called. Yep. And then the poison needles by his neck. Again, she, she leads him in there and she says, remember your training. Dude, the way she is holding the needle with her index and thumb and yeah. ring finger. And so her middle finger and pinky are up in the air a little bit. Like the elegance dude, of it. What yeah. a choice. What a choice as, a, as yeah. an actor. She was, she was ready to have him just <sighs> twitch. So good, man. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, she and she talked as far as controlling your nerves and stuff. She she literally said to him, "If you if you weren't able to control your impulses like an animal, you don't deserve to live or something." Like we, we would have had to yeah. end your life. Yeah. Crazy, brutal. While we're on this force similarity, the force in Star Wars, it's like, <laughs> what does it sound like? McDonald's. They have the Big Mac. <laughs> we have the Big Mick. <laughs> uh. In Star Wars, we've got the force. In Dune, we've got the voice. So in Star Wars, this specific type of thing, we think Jedi mind tricks, right? But in Dune, the Bene Gesserit used the voice, which sounds so sick in the movie. Yeah. Just like the, the way they- And they talk about they pitch. The, the low octave. And, and octave yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So they, they use the voice to control others' actions. Okay. Weird. Straight up. The Bene Gesserit also can see the future. They can sense truth or lies. They can heal people. And they were- Great warriors. I think we need to stop recording. Copy and yeah. paste. <laughs> <laughs> Command C, Command V. Oh man, this it's just crazy. It's crazy, really. But but it's I like the quote that you added to the end of my quote because that's really it's really true. Yep. You know, if we weren't breaking this down for ourselves, it doesn't it wouldn't live in my mind because they're they're so different. But yep. look at how completely the same they are. It's crazy. <laughs> Again, just like very common archetypes. Yeah. You think about like the Jesus figure in the Bible was not new in any way. And so many other religions there were that shows in one story. It's all over the place. Yeah, there's a Mo- there's a Moses figure in the Old Testament, there's a Muhammad figure yeah. in the Quran. There's there's it's a, it's of course an archetype, but it's just like the ability that Lucas had to take these really complicated ideas and certainly not dumb them down because they're still like fascinating. The lore of it is fascinating. So it was more like streamline it, simplify it. Yeah. Get to the chorus quicker. Yes. Yeah. Make it a pop song. Yeah. And you know what? There's some really good pop songs out there. Yeah. And it's damn hard to write a, a great pop song. Yeah. In some ways it's easy to just shred and to just show mm-hmm. the world you're <laughs> on, you know, on your guitar. <laughs> It's really hard. Just do a drum solo. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. Like, you know that there's like a, I guess, some sort of meme template where it's just a circle with like three or four sayings and you just keep reading. It's like Dune 1968 or whatever. Then the circle keeps going to Star Wars and then it goes to Dune 2021. It's like yeah. you just, you need them all. It's They're all coexisting yeah. based off of each other. And, 100%. you know, assuming Dune continues to be amazing with the this new iteration like it's all good we're just i am mad at it no i'm not, not at all we're learning honestly however please read the final point of the, <laughs> of the voice this is great so when a reverend mother who's sort of the head of the Benny jesuit is created i don't know what that means we'll learn later um supposedly they take on the experiences and memories of every other before them this sounds a lot like becoming one with the force Mm -hmm. it sounds a lot like if you strike me down i'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine it sounds a lot like (laughs) a thousand generations live in you now 
and it sounds a, a hell of a lot like <laughs> I am all the Jedi. Sure does. <laughs> and so on. Wow. So not even all Lucas, really. It's just, it, yeah, yeah. it continues to influence yeah. good stuff. And then really to cap it all off, we mentioned this at the beginning, the idea of a chosen one. Again, like the oldest archetype, probably. Central to the story of human existence. Right. Luke in Star Wars, of course, was who we thought was the chosen one in the original trilogy. We learned later it was supposed to be Anakin. Either way, that's central to Star Wars, right? Paul, turns out, is the chosen one, like uh, Ryan mentioned earlier with, or did you say this on the podcast or not? The idea of him being born and the Bene Gesserit, the, the Reverend Mother, what did she say something about training a male? There's a lot so of- when, Wasted on a male. Yeah, when, when, when the, when the Bene Gesserit uh, Mother comes, when she visits Caladan, uh, the Atreides home planet, but when she comes to test Paul, and she's leaving. She says to Jessica, his mother, you know, you weren't supposed to have a, a couple things. You weren't supposed to have a man, a boy. You were only supposed to raise daughters. And all this potential is wasted on a male because, you know, he's going to blow it. And then they have this conversation. Paul and Jessica have this conversation after she leaves. And he says something along the lines of like, you're trying to create the chosen one. And Jessica responds, a brain. We're trying to create a brain that can use space time, that can that can manipulate she says something like dimensionally use it like th- something like that, which is yeah. wild. And again, super cool. But <laughs> does a six year old understand that? Or do they understand <laughs> I can move things with my mind and yeah. I have a lightsaber. Right. So it's like, it's legit. Yeah. And then you have the Fremen prophecy. Mike, you added this. I wasn't as familiar with this. You want to. So the, the Missionara Protectiva is basically the Ben and Jesuit have been doing this for decades and centuries probably where they're talking about this prophecy happening to like all of these other small uh, civilizations that have been either heavily affected by the empire or, you know, you think of all the, you know, you look at even countries that we have on our planet that are, you know, often forgotten by these (laughs) whatever organizations governments Mm -hmm. uh and so imagine if someone was walking around and saying hey help is coming and they're going to set you free and it's kind of this idea of like oh we're learning this religion of whoever this the prophecy is going to be and so when paul arrives they they chant they call him that's who it is because for centuries they've been told that this is he could be the one and so it's like everyone has kind of been bought into this idea that a prophecy is going to be fulfilled and it could happen. Uh, so it's pretty interesting, but it's also the idea that the Jedi Order has also believed in the one that will bring balance to the Force. They all know this myth that there will be the one. So this, again, this idea goes back to the be- the very beginning of human storytelling. Sure. But it's... So so Lucas taking inspiration from and and channeling ideas that Frank Herbert wrote very close to when Frank Herbert wrote them is possibly different than Frank Herbert channeling the apostles. But Frank Herbert didn't channel the apostles. Thousands of writers before him channeled them and they channeled whoever they channeled before to write their story. Yeah. All to make people believe in these fantastical ideas and think they're cool to read about. I mean, that's the whole point of it, right? Why write something otherwise? And then George was like, what if we did that, but it looked good? Yeah, and no. <laughs> and Hasbro made shit. Could sell yeah. toys. It could sell toys. <laughs> and it was more fun. Yeah. And it could also be said, and Lucas actually acknowledged this a little more. From what I've heard, he never explicitly said, yes, I was influenced by Dune. But he talked about being influenced by all the sort of pop 
and pulp science fiction stuff and comic books, everything throughout his life leading up to this. But it's pretty clear both Lucas and Frank Herbert, their stories were influenced by Isaac Asimov's stories, specifically the Foundation series, which was 1942 when that started, 1942 to 1950. So again, everything's a remix of a remix of a remix. Yeah. I ain't mad at it. This is a, this is a super bad quote. George is like, I wasn't influenced by Dune. You drink, Jules. You drink. You drink. You drink. You're, okay? you're drunk, so you drink. <laughs> you you drink. You you're inspired by Dune because the spice. I do think it's interesting that the the things he does talk about being inspired by, but that he won't talk about this one, even though this is the most like obvious. Yeah. Like you you could tell someone go watch Kurosawa movies, it's, and they're like. I don't see it at all. I don't get that. Okay. Yeah. So the Jedi dress like samurai. Is that, is that the reference? You know, Yeah. Uh, like I've had people that I've mentioned that to be that say like, well, okay. So yeah, it's like sword fighting, I guess, you know, but this one is like, uh, yeah, there's the force and the voice. There's uh Jedi Bindu and Prana Bindu. There's uh Leia and Alea. Like there's it's, spice it's like, and spice. <laughs> spice. <laughs> <laughs> but he won't yes. he won't admit to this one which is kind of funny to me but um, i'm willing to yeah. there's a lawyer somewhere that was like hey george this uh, little star wars project of yours got out of hand man i'm gonna go ahead and say <laughs> if anyone asks you just don't say anything well that's a good segue to the quotes of the week which one do you want to do first i think steve Jobs. this jobs one is is good or no actually you know what no second steve jobs should go second after i read the, the herbert's reaction to all of this right yeah okay so an article uh we found titled when frank herbert saw star wars by a journalist named jonathan paletti so it, it starts with a quote it's uh, brian herbert who is frank herbert's son who i believe wrote like kind of carried the torch and continued to write dune stories and the quote goes like this, and I'm quoting Brian Herbert. When dad saw the movie, he picked out 16 points of what he called, quote, absolute identity between his book and the movie, end quote, Brian Herbert, writes in Dreamer of Dune. However, now this is Jonathan Paletti talking. However, other writers had been infringed upon too, they'd agreed. So Frank Herbert had organized a jokey organization of the copied called, quote, we're too big to sue George Lucas society, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely on their radar. Herbert also said, I think he at least owes me a dinner about Lucas. And then he said, um, so apparently after everyone just insisting that Frank Herbert see Star Wars because they're just like, dude, wait till you see this. Mm -hmm. He sees the thing and he kind of just laughed about it, whatever. And he called it a comic book for the screen. Fair. And then he went on to say, I just hate to get into this damn thing. I'm going to try very hard not to sue. <laughs> So there it's you go. Pretty, he was a good sport about it's it, I pretty guess. pretty dramatic. Dude, this reminds me of the first time that I, so my band was heavily influenced by Glassjaw, still is. They're a little known band to most mainstream fans, people in their 30s now and younger who were into my band, but they were incredible. They still are. I, I became friends with those dudes early on. And I remember showing the album when we got the mixes back, showing our, our first album to one of the guitar players, Todd and... I showed him a few songs and I just kind of watched his face and I was like, so what do you think? And I like knew he heard the influence, especially I played like one of the heavier songs and he goes, well, it's going to be big. <laughs> <laughs> that was his review. That sounds like the Great. most glass jaw moment you could describe. Yeah. Tangent 
sidebar, a lot of sidebars this this week, but <laughs> Glassjaw being from Long Island, while I was watching this movie, I've, I've, I saw the 1984 movie 25 years ago, thought it was terrible, never, it left my brain the second I watched it. So growing up and going to like local shows on Long Island, there was for sure a band around called Harkonnen. There was a band from New York City called Still Suit, which for sure was like a, a glass jaw, like looked up to also. And then obviously, yeah. and I then I the never, big one, yeah, yeah. And then Shy Hulu, I think they're from Florida though. But like, oh my goodness, the whole yeah. the whole movie was like Long Island yeah. band names. There's a whole Dune hardcore scene. <laughs> yeah. The crossover is real. Dune core, Dune core. <laughs> all right, all of this leads perfectly, segues perfectly into the true final quote of the week. All right. This is really good. And this is kind of what I was talking about, how Lucas, say what you want about this, but look what he did with it, with the information that he had. And nobody did sue him. So what are you going to do? You're going to love Star Wars. That's what you're going to do. Quote, Picasso had a saying, good artists copy, great artists steal, end quote. And now quoting the person I'm reading from, and we have always been shameless about stealing great ideas. That's Steve Jobs, 1996. It's a little bit of a, it's a quote of a quote of a quote, like one of those kind of apocryphal, like, did someone actually say it? Was it so-and-so kind of thing? But that idea has been around for a long time and here we are still talking about it. Yeah, you take something and make it better. Yep. So, and I don't know that, I don't know that you're saying that Lucas took Dune and made it better, but he definitely took these ideas and made them more accessible, made them a pop song. As Not we say. saying yep. he took Dune and made it better, but it kind of feels like he took Dune and made it better. <laughs> <laughs> Is it yeah. ironic that you would have Oscar Isaac in the movie Inside Lewin Davis, which isn't this kind of the same thing? Mm. Inside Lewin Davis is about a guy who basically paved the way for Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan took gospel songs, wrote them to three chords, and became Bob Dylan. Yep. Lewin Davis walks out of the club as Bob Dylan is performing in Greenwich Village, there are similarities here. Maybe that's why he got killed in Dune. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he went out like a champ. Yeah. Absolute champ. What a scene. The inception layers are so deep in this whole thing. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's be done now. Patrons, thanks for being here. We love you. Listener, if you're not a patron and you want to be here, patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod is where you can go to do that. Hang out with us while we're recording or just become a part of our little Discord community. It's fun. It's cheap to do that. And a few bucks a month, honestly, for real helps us. We really appreciate it. It keeps the lightsabers on, as we say. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Instagram at ThankTheMakerPod. You can find us on Twitter at ThankTheMaker. All of my personal stuff is at Adam the Skull. Mine is at William Ryan Key. And if you want a sweet, sweet new blouse, head to thankthemakermerch.com. All my social is at Nick Bayside. I uh, got unlazy and made uh, Linktree. And please go to my Instagram and check out all the things I do. I, I wound up making a Linktree and had like six things on it. And I was like, I do a lot of stuff. Yeah. There's way too many things on here. <laughs> I'm always I'm always rearranging mine. Like, yeah, which one yeah. do I want them to see first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my favorite thing that I'm doing besides Think the Maker is the radio radio show. Please listen. I guarantee you will find at least one song or one artist that you like. Mike, tell us about your link tree. I don't have a link tree. Get one. <laughs> I need I need to grow one. You have at least three things you could put on it right now. I promise you. This is a good point. You can find me at Honda Supply, but most importantly, as the host of Armor Party, a costuming podcast, which is part of 
Bank the Maker Network, and we've got some phenomenal creators, makers, cosplayers, costumers, whatever you want to call them, coming up in the next couple of weeks. And it's a really cool time, especially because now I'm seeing the process of these costumers that I've had on the show, and I really respect their work, are now dissecting Book of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. It's been incredible watching just in the few two minutes worth of footage that I've seen. There are people who are already making 3D models for (laughs) renders. It's completely – that whole suit – and for people who are interested, that whole suit that you saw in the book Boba Fett trailer is almost completely redone from the time that we saw him in Mando season two. Gnarly. Yeah, we've had uh, Drew, the costumer who was on. He did a bunch of work on it. It's really cool. So if, if you want to check us out, it's Armor Party Show on Instagram. And we hope to see him making a costume for the Galactic Star Cruiser celebration. <gasps> <laughs> Listeners, thanks again. Patrons, we love you. Until next week, may the force be with you. 